Hi, this is Chuck Finazzo from Sticks, and you're listening to Stuck in the 80s. Travel back in time to the 80s, reliving the music. You can't have the Pretender's first album. That's mine. I bought it. You did not. The catchphrases. Did you have a brain tumor for breakfast? And the wannabes. Sometimes I see you dance around the house in my underwear. Doesn't make me Madonna. Never will. Because just like you, we're stuck in the 80s. Can you say stuck in the 80s? the beginning I wanted for the show. Hey, welcome to Stuck in the 80s. I am your Primal Scream host, Mr. Steve Spears from TampaBay.com, and with me, the verbose Sean Daly. That's all I get is verbose, verbose. today? That's all you kind of look like the Incredible Hulk in that green shirt oh, today. man, I knew I should have worn the shirt today. <laughs> and and hey, to my right is also, like, She-Hulk, Sh- <laughs> Shulky, for some of you comic nerds, is uh, the lovely and talented Kathy Waz, my ex-wife. Yes, hello. And, uh, and now you wife. know why. <laughs> yeah. How are you doing? You're a little under the weather I'm today. I'm a little under the weather. Well, so. we have the one band in the world that can bring you back, that can that can ri- rise the dead or raise the dead. Sticks. The river sticks, isn't that what was that? Yeah. The mystical river that separates uh, living from the dead. Uh, yes, yes. So, so cross over, cross right. over to the living. <laughs> yeah, please. I'll try. It's good to see both of you in your shade of green. Yes, I'm dressed in black. Yeah. I'm the man in black. Because I'm dark and mysterious. The fat man in black. You got all the color on your face today, Sean. Yeah, what's that about? I was at. Well, I have a story for you guys. Oh, I was at a, a pool party. In uh, in Feather Sound, the Feather Sound Country Club, I was kind of like I was invited. I was a special guest, like oh. the members, you know. I was like Caddy Day won the one fifteen, <laughs> and I was like the Spalding of the party. I showed up in my snorkel and my flippers. No, uh, and I, but I met a fan of the show. Oh, cool! Uh, a gentleman by the name of Bruce Ford. He was a great guy, and uh, he's listened to all the episodes. And uh, we had a really good talk, despite the fact that I had my shirt off for most of it. Uh, it was really, I was very self-conscious of my man bosoms, but uh, as they, you know, got scorched by the sun. But uh, no, he loves it. He loves your voice. Red all the way. He think I'm red all the way down, baby. Okay. I'm red all the way down. What's happening? Stuff. <laughs> no, he's a big fan of yours and Steve's, and oh, he loves the cool. show. Great! And it was nice because I asked him, "Well, what do you do? You like, you know?" I asked him, "Like, well, what shows have you listened to?" He's like, "All of them, man." Wow! Yeah, he was great. And uh, and I said, "Well, do you like the interview shows?" And he's like, "Yeah, yeah." But what he really likes is the give and take between us. So wow. we get a lot of people saying, "Oh, we like the interview shows the best." And now it's nice to hear from people who like to hear us talk about, you know. Our trips to Norway and <laughs> oh, uh, God. Steve's hairy-knuckled pursuits of young ladies in peril. 
But anyway, it was great. So I'd like to dedicate this show about sticks to uh, my new buddy Bruce. Yeah, it's great guy. Cool. And speaking of interviews, we actually do have an interview today with uh, none other than Chuck Panazzo, the founding member of the band, along with his brother John. It's a great interview. He's, I really uh, enjoyed yeah, talking to Chuck. S- yeah. Still plays bass for sticks when he can. Um, Chuck wrote a book that just came out called The Grand Illusion. Uh, lo- love lies in my life with sticks. All right, we got a little dirt. So his, uh, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll, yeah. The big scoop on this is I might as well tell you now. I mean that about ten years ago, not ten years ago, about five years ago, Chuck came out and uh, you know basically told everyone, yeah, I'm gay. I'm a gay man, on a, and I uh, have been for as long as I can remember. My uh, my favorite part though, and I want to give it away, is is my final question to him as I ask if uh, you know in 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 the, in the light of of the of Sting rejoin the police, yeah. And uh, letting bygones be bygones. Yeah. If Dennis Young will ever, ever. rejoin Sticks, so we're gonna—you'll have to hear the interview. But first, I think the beauty of this podcast is that Steve Spears is a humongous Sticks fan. Yes. And during the interview with Chuck Panazzo, Steve was actually quivering. By that, you just mean that I'm—I'm I'm a Sticks fan who actually happens to be humongous. <laughs> yeah, who weighs in about four ten? But it's a—it you, it works a barrel on many chested. levels. You're a barrel-chested four ten, so you make it look good. Um, but uh, you've seen Sticks in concert. How many times? Just once, actually. No, well, yeah, twice, once or twice. But didn't say, you? See, you also one. saw them. You and Chuck talk about you saw them at the Super Bowl, right? Back in oh. two thousand one, when the Super Bowl was hosted here in Tampa. Yes. They um, they did the pregame show, and I think I don't think I knew that they were going to be there. And I'm sitting there. This is the only Super Bowl I've ever got to attend in person, which is one more than me. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> but uh, so here I am. I'm in the corner of Tampa Stadium. And like, you don't know Sticks no. is coming on, and all of a sudden, they your, wheel your, out. Nip, your nipples start to tingle. And you're like, <laughs> yeah. what's going it's on It's got here? my spidey sense going. <laughs> and then suddenly, like, this little stage kind of appears out of nowhere. And I'm like, God, it looks like Sticks. And Aww. next thing you know, boom, they go into Come Sail Away. Did you cry? Did you tear up? <laughs> I don't even remember. I think, uh, I think I was like, they gave us freebie cameras that you know come with your seat in Super Bowl. Like you, you get all these freebies. Were you working uh, the Super Bowl? You no, no. Nice. I just, I just had connections and I, I got tickets. I, I had friends of some friends. A free ticket? Or did you just, uh, oh hell no, man! We had to pay for them. I think Who's the team? What were the? What were the? It was that of? really crappy game between Baltimore and the Giants. Yeah. Oh, and Baltimore smoked them. Right? Yeah, it was yeah. horrible. But they give you when you go to a Super Bowl game, you get you get like a free seat cover, and you get all these like you get this big huge pack of freebies, and one of which is a camera. And I think I whipped that out and started like, you know. Now I know I'm the proud owner of ten blurry photos. I was going to say ten blurry with sticks like the size of yeah. ants. So they did that, but but the, the big, first time you saw sticks, yeah, back in 1984, I want to wow. say 1984. Kathy, do the Steve character. <laughs> he was 39 years old. Oh, 39 in 1984. And uh, they were coming through on the Mr. Roboto tour, or the Kilroy was here tour. The time has- Yeah, 
the infamous, infamous. album, the infamous album that would eventually lead to their peril. Yes, the demise. Their but it ultimate was, yeah. height of fame yeah, and yeah. their ultimate it was, downfall. It was sort of like yeah, it was their uh, apex and their uh, yeah. abyss, all, all in one. Wow, you with the fancy words? I right know. Now. I got the thesaurus the, out exactly. just for this. So anyway, yeah. Who'd so, you go with that concert? John Sharp, my best friend. And I think my, I met John. He did. I he did John. the Asia oh, show with yeah, me. Yeah. Okay. yeah, and he went to a, the Cheap Trick concert. Yeah, I met John. Yeah. So you all know yeah, John. Yeah, we know John. This was the first concert ever that my parents let me drive to. Wow. Were you... Uh, Dri- and that's amazing considering you were 39. <laughs> <laughs> so you didn't have, uh, you didn't have Ziploc bags <laughs> of, oh, of booze. No, no because turkey. back then I'm up in North Pinellas. Yeah. And the concert was down here in St. Petersburg at the Bayfront Center. Yeah. So it's kind of a hike. For, it's kind uh, of a so you hike. did Stone Cold Sober? I would oh, hope. yeah. God. Because he is responsible and would drive sober. Yep. That's our story. And yet it remains one of your favorite shows of all time. And you weren't drunk and you weren't pursuing. Uh, yeah, a young there was lady. no. Oh! You weren't trying to get oh, perhaps you were just because yeah, you went with John. I okay. Went, no, we did bring dates. Oh, okay, okay. And so, so he was still trying to he, pursue. He brought this girl, Nicole, that he was really hot for. And I brought my first girlfriend that I had broken up with about two or three years beforehand. And I was trying to get back to What was together. her name? Jeanette. 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 Have we heard about Jeanette before? The fiery redhead Jeanette. Ooh. Very, very erotic. Really? <laughs> no. Now when you're 12 years old or 13 years old or whatever it was. But no, we went to the show and uh, did, uh, so did we're you not show 13. Jeanette a peek of your little Roboto? <laughs> oh. Puppies. Uh, <laughs> you had to go there. Bruce Here's loves the puppies, too. Bruce, my, the, oh, my friend, good. he likes your puppies. Thing. Okay, yeah. good. We all like Kathy's puppies. <laughs> the, um, no, but I think we made out during Don't Let It In. You know, oh, it was kind of one of those poetic I'm moments. I'm going to tell you, don't let it in. Baby, we could have so much more. Give uh, Sticks grief for that concert, but man, I mean, for years I would I would say that that was my favorite concert. Now, in the Chuck Panazzo interview coming up, he refers to the fact that on the 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 Kilroy was here tour, they have to they enter the stage walking, <laughs> well, yes. and dressing as robots. robots yeah, yes. is that true? Yeah, yeah. And what do they break three of their like metallic shackles and then their sticks? No, I think they they sort of those ro- are robots. <laughs> that it sticks. You know, it sounds it sounds so kooky now, but I mean when. I thought it was a great show. They they, uh-huh. they show like this fifteen minute long movie at the beginning that sets mm-hmm. up the whole story about who is Kilroy. Yeah, and, and then uh, and then literally the as the movie ends, the the show begins, the concert begins, and um, I mean that was pretty high concept for the time. Yeah, keep in mind, you know, I'm sixteen years old. I've never seen any. Oh, you, you know, notice Broadway he's twelve sh- now. He's sixteen. Really? Uh, no, I'm sixteen because I would <laughs> okay. no twelve when I first met Jeanette. Oh, I got but, you. Um, you can drive a car when you're sixteen in Florida. Yeah, yeah, you can. Well, unfortunately, yes. Yeah. yeah. Why do you think we have so many accidents outside? <laughs> yeah, the 16-year-olds um, you know, hitting the 60-year-olds. When you're 16, you haven't seen Broadway musicals or anything like that, so you don't really. I mean, to, to you, that's like, wow. You know, it's, it was Did my you, cat. Uh, you, laugh, you laughed, you cried. It was better than yes, cats. it was better than when, cats. When uh, they played Don't Let It End, did you lock in with Jeanette? Yeah. And whisper yeah. the words, Don't Let It End. <laughs> well, I mean, I was, I, I was going for that moment, too, because I'm thinking, here's Jesus. this is the message I'm trying to send, yeah. you know, and... Uh, it worked for that night and that night only. Oh, well, really? Hey. Yeah, sorry. The to magic say. was only back for yeah. one night. Sticks left the stage, and so did my love life. <laughs> What's your favorite uh, Sticks song? God, oh man, there's so many to pick from. Um, pick it. 
Paradise, uh, Rock in the Paradise. Favorite stick song is rocking. All right, Kathy, what's your favorite song? Renegade. Damn, that was my favorite stick song. Sorry. What can I say? Uh, you so asked I'm me keeping first. it. I'm, I'm keeping, keeping mine. It. I'm okay. keeping really? Renegade. Yeah, there's nothing. That's one of the great classic rock songs of all time. That it is. the whistle goes off and it kicks in. Reminds me too much of Guns N' Roses now. That's a Paradise thing. City. Yeah. yeah. Oh, no no kidding. Kidding. Great. That. That's a great what take. They borrowed that. You think? Borrowed, stole. Whatever. I'd be yeah, cool. I would was... actually respect Guns N' Roses more if I knew that they had stole that or borrowed that. Because okay. otherwise, I think they're a oh, bunch of Whatever. Shit. What? You can't. I just... What? <laughs> well, like we said before, they were formed uh, in the early uh, 70s with, when Chuck yeah. and John Panazzo, you know, twin brothers who look absolutely nothing like each other. Um, John played drums. Chuck played the bass. They're they're practicing one day, and suddenly this guy sticks his head through the window, saying, "Hey, you guys sound pretty good." The guy, Dennis DeYoung, really? Aww. Yeah. So the three of them form a band called the Trade Winds originally, and uh, they add another couple people to the band. Then they become TW4. <laughs> TW4. <laughs> they ever catchy TW4. And under that name, they became pretty well known around Chicago, playing the bar scene and stuff. And TW4 stands for There Were Four. So, wow, yeah. clever. So um, it's only after I think that they signed a record deal that the label kind of said, hey, you know, that's not going to work for us. Why don't you try something a little bit more clever? So they came up with sticks. And, uh, you know, there Much are... Much better, I have yeah. to say, than and then they would add, they would, they would add uh, James James Young or uh, J.Y., as we call him. I like him. to call him J.Y. J-Y. Yeah. yeah. And then Tommy Shaw. I like Tommy Shaw. I do. And, uh, and I do. Once like they have Tommy. all of them, then they just crank out hit after hit. They were they had I think three or four consecutive triple platinum albums. You have Grand Illusion, Pieces of Eight, Cornerstone, and Kilroy was here. All right, yeah. what's the better makeout song? You want to make out, Lady, Babe, or Don't Let It End? Ooh, I'm gonna go with Lady. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah. That was actually their first hit song, and uh, Dennis Young wrote it pretty early on. You know what? If you really want to, t- of course, you know, after Cure Was Here comes, they break up after that because the band was so fed up with this idea that they'd become this musical performance act yeah. and no longer a rock band. But uh, it all dates back to Cornerstone. But doesn't Dennis Young still sort of do that? Yeah, Dennis Young still tours I mean, today. Yeah. He still I have a, I, his I have are a, sort of like that. His shows are more performances. I have a good friend who uh, lives in D.C., such a Dennis Young Sticks fan that he flew out to Detroit to see DDY, as he calls them. DDY. DDY with a, the full, like, Detroit Philharmonic. Oh, wow. And he said, it's a great show. 
He says, Dennis DeYoung puts on a great show. There's all the sticks hits. However, great chunks of the concert are dedicated to Dennis DeYoung talking about it, how much he loves his wife. Yeah. And he's like, that's a oh, bathroom break. Young's talking <laughs> about his old lady. Again. Every Everybody interview I've ever seen with him, too, he just goes on and on. And I would never, I wouldn't even be here if it wasn't. This young has tremendous hair. Kind of yes. looks like a poodle a little bit. Yeah. But in a good way. But yeah. he's got that weird quaff. Well, what's weird is because when they came around the Kilroy was here tour, they'd all shave, I mean, not shave their heads. Only Tommy and JY had. Still, the rock mane yeah. is going. Everybody else had short hair. Chuck had it. Dennis had it. He's always got that like that that poof, that yeah. poof yes. right yeah. in the front. The Looks like a, a corsage of bad hair. <laughs> Speaking as, uh, <laughs> what do you mean? Oh come on, Chet. <laughs> I got Kettle, my kettle meat pot. <laughs> my Chet's all grown out. Thank you very much. Yeah, your little Chet. I am in the room with some of the worst hair. In what are you talking? What are you talking about? God. Jeez. Okay, go on. I have great hair. I have like Ken hair. What's wrong with my do? That's fine, I guess. <laughs> Sorry, I got that Rick Rosevic from uh, Top Gun going there. Dude, give me the little volleyball is match flex a, here. Playing with the boys. Yeah, I think it's Rosevic, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, whatever it is. Oh man, <laughs> you know what? I'm, the disrimination. <laughs> Yeah. Hey, let's set up the oh, interview for man. a little bit. A little bit. Okay. Here. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, You're about to hear yeah. Chuck Panazzo. It's a great interview. It's a great interview. He's just released the book. He's talking to us from Fort Lauderdale. Um, one of the things he'll cover is the feud that they have going with um, not a feud, but the, the legal problems that they've had with Dennis DeYoung. Yeah, Dennis DeYoung slapped a lawsuit on sticks, and when the early 2000s, just about 2002, okay. Dennis DeYoung slapped a lawsuit on the band because he wasn't happy with them touring under the name Sticks. But without him as the the lead singer, he felt having Lawrence Gowan as the lead singer kind of diminished the uh, the value or the of the name Sticks. So he uh, sued them to stop doing that, and uh, I think they eventually settled in court. And so that's that's a done deal now. But as a result, a lot of bad blood between the members. But yeah. uh, we'll all hear right, all so about that a lot more. You ready? Let's go. <laughs> Hey, Chuck, how are you? Hey, Sean, very well. Where are you right now? Actually, in Fort Lauderdale. Fort Lauderdale, all uh, right. Are you where still, I live. Do you ever get up to Tampa Bay? Uh, we perform there. Yeah. Actually, we did our first uh, NFL Super Bowl uh, in Tampa. Oh, excellent. Were you... I saw that. I saw that live. <laughs> did and you? I got a, I, it was so exciting because um, I always say, I have enough backstage passes. Can I not have a locker room pass? <laughs> yeah. It never happened that way, but uh, uh, I have a Super Bowl. We actually have three of them. We, we did three of them. It's pretty exciting. When did you guys play when you were up here? Uh, Come sail away. I can't remember. Steve um, knows. He, I know. he just he nailed it for you. Come sail away. You played Come Sail Away in the pregame show. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I remember that. I was there for that. It was so exciting. Did you tear up, Steve? <laughs> I was shocked because I don't think I knew that they were going to be there. You know, the, the, when I entered the arena, you no, know, I felt like the gladiator because of that long, dark tunnel. It was in this blazing blue light. You know, it's just spectacular, and I was the only person in the entire field. I, they actually allowed me to walk across the field, the newly, newly uh, um, painted uh, uh, field. I said, nobody gets to do this but me, so it's fun. Oh, that's cool. 
That's cool. Uh, Chuck, I'm just here for support for Steve because he is a huge, huge Sticks fan. And so when he, he starts he start when he starts quivering too much, I just have to, to <laughs> yeah. talk him down. When he starts really shaking, huh? Yeah, <laughs> I'm telling you because the first record I ever bought was the Sticks. I think it was uh, it was either Grand Illusion or Pieces of Eight. Those are very good. Yeah, I, I like those too. Actually, I really like um, the Grand Illusion a lot. Pieces of Eight was very cool, but Grand Illusion I like a lot. Well, the Grand Illusion is also the name of your autobiography, which just came out, right? Yes, correct, correct. I got to admit, I read it in two days. Yeah, and uh, I'm really touched with what you wrote about. Uh, the passing of your brother John and your friend Richard. Yeah, those were very, very. Um, uh, uh, you know, we have we see two great guys to fall through the cracks, and there's nothing you do about it. And you just witness it. Uh, you know, if it doesn't change your life, then there's something wrong. I think. Chuck, let me ask you: in writing an autobiography, I, I'm always amazed by you know people with such rich rock histories. I mean, you sit down to write an autobiography, but you're talking about sticks, man. You're talking about this band with all this history. I mean, doesn't it seem overwhelming at first? Like, how am I going to get to all this? How am I going to contain all of it, all the stories, facts, all this stuff? Well, that was the most... Every time someone would tell me you should write a story, I would just be so overwhelmed with the thought, well, where do I start? You know, 37 years of my life with a record deal and 10 years previous with uh, John and Dennis and myself and, you know, a ver- various arrays of other musicians as young teenagers, you know, it's like, well, where do I start? And uh, eventually, you know, I said, you have to have a beginning, a middle, and an end. And I, I usually, I, you know, I'm not an earnest time anyway. I was going to sit in front of a computer and, t- and type, type, type. So I was introduced to this young lady out of New York who I spoke to, who had uh, spoken to a, um, in, in, into a tape recorder, and she transcribed my words. We met about eight times, and a year later, comes a gigantic manuscript, uh, not gigantic, but a manuscript. I, read, I was reading part of it all the way along, and I said she put it exactly the way I said it to her. It was picked up by a publishing company, to my surprise, and it's gotten very good reviews. I'm happy to say that, and I'll be headed for Book Expo in Chelsea on the 30th. And that woman was uh, Michelle Scatino? Michelle Scatino. I'm curious, you know, when somebody helps you write a book like this, was she a Styx fan? Did she know the band? She knew the band. um, But the funny part is she said, uh, when I was introduced to her, she said, you know, um, the only problem I'll have is if you don't talk. I said, the only problem you're going to have is if you can't stop me talking. (laughs) And I said, when I stop talking about myself, will you? So, you know, we had a nice rapport, and that was all born out of the rock cruise that we took out of Miami uh, with Sticks, Ario, Speedwagon, and Journey. And my partner and I, we met two other gay guys who lived in our area. They were both in media, and they said, Chuck, you should write this book. Of course, we talked about it the same way we talked about it now. And then when they called up and they said, we have this young lady that's willing to work with you, I said, let's give it a shot. How has the band responded to your book? Well, Tommy gave me a glowing review. <laughs> uh, J.Y. was a little concerned. Uh, he said, you know, in his rather scholarly voice, goes, you know, Charles, this is the first definitive book about sticks. I said, James, this is the first definitive book about Chuck Panazzo. <laughs> I know that's hard for you straight boys to believe that. But in reality, I said, it's really about my life. And uh, sticks, I said, the love part... I like you guys, but I didn't love you in the biblical way. Yeah. <laughs> and the lies and the lies you told me for 37 years. I, I just give it all kind of baloney fun. I said, and how can I not include my life with six? It's been the thread that's been that's connected my entire life. So basically, uh, that's how I explained to him. And once he read it, he was very happy, you know, concerned. We're over. 
I think it was more concerned we might be sued by Dennis, which I said, I'll take the blame for that. Not have to worry about that. It's mine now in the book, not yours. And uh, I said, but it's not a bash book. It's really six is in the background of my life. The more important issue for me is a coming of age as a young boy. Right. The um, It's funny you mentioned Dennis. I was going to ask if he responded uh, to the book at all. You know, I haven't heard any responses from him. Um, it's unfortunate um, with the way the situation is. The whole thing is a misfortune. You know, I knew Dennis since we were kids. It doesn't make me feel any better that he's not in the band, but um, he's gone his direction, and and we've tried to try to stay true to ours. I don't blame you. Is uh, well, what is the status of that? Is the is the legal battle over now? Yeah, pretty much. So, um, uh, it's been done. The deed is done, and uh, once the break is was complete, which took a very long time. And you know, so the only people that did benefit are the lawyers. Right. It's not even when you win. It, you, there's no joy. You know, it's kind of flat afterwards. And, um, you know, my idea, as long as Dennis is happy with what he's doing, right. I wish him the best. And I hope he feels the same way about us. Yeah, yeah Chuck, I don't, I don't want to belabor the whole, the whole no. Dennis point, because Sticks is still a vibrant, vital right. band. But I just want to ask one more question about sure. that. When, you know, when rock historians write about Sticks, they always write about Dennis versus Tommy and JY right. and the direction of the band. Right. But um, I, you know, I'm sure a lot of people know, but you, were, you started this band. Correct. I mean, you, you, you built sticks, you built the foundation. Where did you come down when those two sides were battling about the direction of the band? Wouldn't you have the ultimate say, since you, this is basically your baby? Well, what happened was, when Dennis got the big kid with Babe, pretty much he got control. Cause you know it's you, babe, whenever I get weary and I've had enough. But my, my, my chair was that we have these three incredible songwriters. All of them should be represented on, a, on an album. All of them should have a shot at, the, at a single. And when that wasn't happening, there was just a lot of unhappiness. And, um, you know, because I wasn't a writer, I really couldn't um, say too much because we're talking about ego, greed, and money. So pretty much I let, I let, I let that happen. You know, I was just grateful at a point that we were still working and had the ability to stay together for a little bit longer until it got to the point where it was almost impossible to be in the same room together. Right. Oh, gosh. Wow. And that's too bad because that was at the height of your success, too, right? I mean, right after... um, You guys are the biggest band in the world, right? We were flying high and all of a sudden we got a project called Kilroy was here. There's nothing wrong with the project, but, you know, I think it was geared toward, uh, like, 9- and 10-year-old kids as opposed to 19- and 20-year-old kids. <laughs> yeah. And when my nephew goes, Uncle Chucky, I really like Mr. Roboto. <laughs> I want to say, oh, um, I want to say, Chris, when your voice changes about 10 years from now, I want to hear you say that same thing. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Until then. All right. Now, now, Chuck, Steve has a confession right now. Okay, Steve, Steve, go ahead. Okay. Go to time. I actually saw you guys in St. Petersburg, Florida, back in I think it must have been '84, '85, on the Kilroy tour. And uh, I mean, I I think I said for about 20 years afterwards that that was probably one of my favorite concerts of all time. Well, you know, in terms of it being a spectacular, certainly was that. The music is incredible. The costume changes. You have no you have no idea how many times we know all of those clothes were just held held together by Volco. 
So we were just ripping our by clothes Velcro, off, ripping by back Velcro. On, you know. The only time we really we really hated it was when we had the, the, the Texas jam. You know, the middle of, of Texas, 120 degrees, no lights, no nothing, walking out as robots. <laughs> I don't think they were quite ready for that. <laughs> you know, in the, in the theater setting, it was great, and uh, in other settings, but it's just kind of... My my whole idea was, you know, if if the movie projector doesn't work, go on with the show. Right. But if the movie projector didn't work, no more show. I, I felt kind of hurt by that. I think, think it was wrong. Yeah. But, I, I you know, I'm not... I, because we have fans who love that, we're incorporating Domo Arigato, Mr. Obato, and one of our medleys. I think we owe that to our fans. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's and then you they're the pretty nice residuals, I imagine. When the uh, who was the what was the car maker? Was that Volkswagen? Yeah, Volkswagen. That was nice. Yeah, and that was a hilarious commercial too. Yeah. But also kind of a tribute to you guys, you know. And Adam Sandler, you know, having us in his movie. Oh right. In fact, we were just asked to. We just got an email last week. They want to go out to Los Angeles June 8th to be part of a tribute to Adam Sandler, which will be on Sprite TV. Oh, cool. Kind of fun. It's, yeah. it's amazing to me. Adam Sandler seems to be as stuck in the 80s as we are. It seems like every movie of his has at least one stick song in it. And, uh, you know, I loved Cartman's version of Comes to the Way. <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that. When we, did, when we did the NFL game, we had a, a, um, a press conference, and one of the reporters says, Chuck, what do you think of Cartman's version of Comes to the Way? I said, I think it's better than the original. <laughs> I'm sailing away Sailing open cars for the virgin sea Cause I've got to be free How, how many of the gigs again? Try to uh, are you going to try to play all the gigs this uh, summer? Yeah, I'm going to do as many as I can. I'll have to just cancel a few for my book tour, uh, but basically, um, I'll be in probably 99 percent of the shows, and um, which excites me. You know, I get a great response, and um, I love myself more because I'm out and who I am. And I have not had no negative feedbacks from anybody, you know, which is always the fear and risk that you take. Uh, but no, uh, how do you say that? No guts, no glory. Yeah. And um, so it's been a very positive thing. I enjoy performing with the guys, um, JY and Tommy. Tommy's voice is better than ever. Oh, great. Uh, Lawrence Gowan is an incredible entertainer and human being. Todd's a great drummer. And Ricky's a wonderful bass player who... Uh, is is Chuck when Chuck's not there, and uh, so the team is very very together. <laughs> I, I have a question for you. you talk, I mean, yeah, you're very very honest in your book uh, about the revelations about your sexuality, right. about about coming out. Um, one, I mean, I'm just curious about when you guys are in your your heyday. Uh, and of course, there's probably tons of female groupies coming backstage. I mean, was that ever awkward for you? Did you ever have to? you know, play the part of somebody who wanted all these groupies when, in fact, that's the last thing you wanted to deal with? Well, you know, I would just kind of walk through it. I would just, um, I would sign whatever, you know, basically sign whatever they wanted. Uh, but it got to the point where, you know, if you're going to take your clothes off, take a shower before you show it. <laughs> or if you want me to sign something, please wash it. But uh, <laughs> other than that, you know, I would do what I had to do. Um, and uh, But after a point, you know, I, I'm saying to myself, well, the older you get, the more... The more silly it is to me, right? And uh, but I'll do what I have to do. But um, you know, I, I, 
as the other guys encourage it, I don't discourage it, but I have a tendency to roll my eyes and make a sound like, and <laughs> yeah, but something like that. But you know, it doesn't distract me. It just you know, if they like it, it's fine. You know, I really don't care to look at Todd's beautiful drum set as a lingerie rack. <laughs> and uh, I'm going to really go out and live here. In the early days, when our female fans used to rush the stage, it wasn't so bad. But now that they stampede the stage, you have to be careful what they're throwing up. Because yeah. some of it's mighty big. <laughs> Given the positive reaction you've received from the book and from coming out, have you ever kind of kicked yourself and said, man, I should have done this 10 years ago or 15 years ago? Well, you know, timing's everything. And um, because my career has spanned so many decades and there's so much really still, or still in the gay in the gay world, still trying to fight for basic rights. You know, if I had said something in the 70s, in my mind, I would have had to quit six because it's I couldn't let who I was splash onto the other guys. It was their career. They had they did work just as hard as I did. So I had some some certain amount of feeling that that, that I didn't ruin their careers. I didn't want to uh, quit sex. I, I, what would I have done? Go back to teaching? Yeah. I mean, I liked it, but I didn't like it that much. And then the <laughs> other option in the eighties came AIDS, and that was another, that was a scourge. And you know, that was a very negative time. The nineties were kind of iffy, and but but. There was a point in my life where I said, I can't live this way any longer. I have to have the courage to say who I am. and what, Otherwise, I'm losing myself. I'm not talking. I'm losing myself in a world that I should engage in. And uh, I just I just said, uh, and once I lost my best friend, and to see my brother die, I said, I can't allow this to happen to another person, to be intimidated the same way I was by your family, by church, by the government. You know, it's your life, not theirs. So I had to say, you know, you have to you have to write about yourself. Otherwise, one day someone's going to write an obituary about you, the way they think you were instead right. of the way you really are. That's, That's really great. well. That's well thought out. Cool. And Chuck, I, I got to ask the question for sure. Sticks fans everywhere. Sting has rejoined the the police after saying he'd never do it again. Uh, is there any way somewhere down the road that that Dennis DeYoung would come back and and Sticks was perform as a whole again? Well. My idea is before any more of us die, I guess, <laughs> as we get older and older, I would hope that that could happen. No, because we're not, you know, every day, every year, you, every year that it doesn't happen is another year that goes by. All right. And if you wait too long, who will care? Wow, that was fantastic. I can't believe I just interviewed Chuck Panazzo. Dream come true. Seriously. Uh, you were nervous a few times. I had to, to talk you down. Yeah, yeah. We should tell people that we do um, interviews in our underpants. Yeah. <laughs> Which is just wow. to kind of make it... Sorry. Which is what... You know when people say... Which is you know, why I feel so ill right now. And, uh, you know, that's why when people say, you know, imagine everyone else in the room naked. Well, we don't have to imagine. <laughs> well, you don't have to. No, I really... You know what? I, 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 You know a lot more about sticks than I do, but I enjoyed talking to Chuck. I thought that was interesting. He's great. I mean, you think about it. He Very, he founded um, one of the most important bands of the last twenty five years. Period. Yeah, he's so have him, humble. He is. You just you would think that we were talking to someone just from down the road. Yeah, he was very open about what's going on with Dennis DeYoung yeah. or yeah. D- DDY. DDY. Does right. anybody call him DDY? Have you ever heard of that before? No, no that's, a first. that's a first. He's trying to get it started. I'm not sure. <laughs> Well, I hope yeah, he, I, I hope he plays a lot of the gigs on this tour. He's coming to town here in Tampa, August 24th, playing the Ford Amphitheater. I believe with who? 
They're either touring with Foreigner or Def Leppard. I can't remember. I mean, it just depends on what leg of the good. tour we yeah, catch them on. Exactly. I, I, I'm hoping it's Def Leppard. That'd be good because they have Joe Elliott. They have everybody. They have all the originals in yeah. Def Leppard, don't Do they? they? And Foreigner doesn't yeah. even have Lou Graham. No. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I would rather see uh, Def Leppard than uh, than Foreigner. So uh, that'll be a good show. And I'm really looking forward to it. Ah, the familiar refrain of name that 80s tune. Hey, I know it's a little unusual to have one of these during one of our interview I episodes. I know. You know, but, this episode will appease all our fans, the people that like to hear about um, just us bantering like yeah. idiots and the people who want hard, stone-cold reporting. Yes. We've, we've satisf- satisfied cold, all our cold fans. for sure. Um, <laughs> or pissed them all off, hey, either one, one or the other. I don't know if you guys remember this one. This was the tune that we played a couple episodes ago, and to be honest, it was so hard, only one person got it. And after you hear it, you'll know who it was. Ring any bells? <laughs> no, it doesn't, Kathy. <laughs> that is, the only person who got that right, Sweet Lou. Sweet Lou. That We're is so Who's Zoomin' Who by Aretha Franklin. It sounds like about every other uh, yeah. 80s song. Well, exactly. Who in the hell is Sweet Lou? Sweet Lou Greeley from St. Petersburg. Ooh, Sweet Lou. Lou Greeley. The- <laughs> I heard Lou Greeley. Yeah, I, I probably botched his name a few times. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Sweet Lou has won this award so many times, I think we're going to rename it in his honor. So there you go. Now Sweet become Lou the name Memorial. That Sweet Lou, yeah. Name that. It'll become a traveling trophy. So that I don't have to send anything out. We'll just make a traveling trophy. Oh. So anyway. Have you sent anything out? Not lately. Oh. You are so Just lame. my best wishes. Mm-hmm. Anyway, special theme. Why don't you send a, a lock of your Chet hair? <laughs> oh. <laughs> Thanks. A little baggy. Wow. Uh, whatever you say, poodle boy. <laughs> I can't believe Damn it. It's a poodle. Would, it's not a poodle. My hair doesn't look like a poodle. I it's have a good poodle. Ken snap-on hair. Yeah, snap-on, snap-on is the word I'm looking for. <laughs> anyway, here is this. I'm gonna This week's special challenge is uh, going to be a little bit easier than most you might think because I'm going to spot you the band. The band is indeed Sticks. Oh. And I'll spot you something else. This tune is actually from the 80s. And I dare you to still get it right because here it is. Obscure. Yes, my friend. Sean's looking at me in total confusion because he doesn't know what it is. Right? Kathy, you know what it is? Hell no, Smokey. That's right. I sit here upon a pile of prize money knowing that full well it will still be here two weeks from now. You really think so? Well, yeah. can't people... Is it like a deep album cut or something? No, or is no. There it's a not twist to the tail? No, there's no twist to the tail. It's just you have to be a real Sticks fan to know what that one was. Anyway, if you think you know the name of the song, because I've already spotted you the name of the band, email me at stuckinthe80s at tampabay.com and we'll let you know if you're a wiener. Hi, this is John Sharp from St. Pete, one of Steve's uh, best friends way back from high school. Anyway, uh, we both went to that uh, Sticks Mr. Roboto concert, and it was absolutely fantastic in spite of what the critics said, and the movie in front was really cool. Anyway, but like Steve, I too am stuck in the 80s. All right, another fantastic fan greeting. Hey, we love those. Keep them coming. The best way to leave us a fan greeting is to go to my blog, blogs.tempe.com slash 80s look on the right hand side and you'll see our toll free number just use that call us leave a voicemail and it will appear on this show 
And if you, you mention my name, Sean Daly, I'll send you a surprise. Oh. I'm locking a Kathy's Be- wig. <laughs> hey. <laughs> Hey, special thanks to Chuck Panazzo for joining us on this week's Chuck show. Chuck Yes, thank you. Can't wait to see him live here in Tampa on August 24th at the Ford Amphitheater. Classic. Yeah. Classic. As always, I had a great time with you guys. Yes. I feel so much closer to you, Kathy. I know. Even though you ripped on my poodle hair. Oh, yeah. it's something you'll remember for always. <laughs> yeah. Every Steve, day when Hulk. you're combing your hair. Yeah. Hulk, I, I love you. I know. Hey, we don't want this podcast to end, but it must. So until must. then, we remain here firmly. Stuck in the 80s. Ciao. What will I do if you say we're through? I need you to stay. Honey, don't let it end this way. Stuck in the 80s is produced by the St. Petersburg Times and TampaBay.com. To read our blog, go to blogs.tampabay.com slash 80s. Email us at stuckinthe80s at tampabay.com. And remember to subscribe to the podcast at iTunes. From the side, you have like a poodle cut, Sean. (laughs) What the hell is going on here? And Steve, yours looks like a rooster tail with the headset on here. <laughs> yeah. Inside you. It does. That's nice. And Kathy, hey. <laughs> I'm not going to say anything. Oh.